You are listening to Event Extra, part of the U.S. Institute of Peace podcast network. For more information about our work around the world, visit usip.org and check us out on social media. Hi, Fred. Let me introduce us. I'm Adam Gallagher, Managing Editor at USIP.org. You're Ambassador Frederick Hoff, the Chief Mediator and Architect of the 2009 through 2011 U.S. effort to broker Israel-Syria peace, a former State Department official, and currently Bard College's diplomat in residence. Fred is the author of a fascinating new USIP book, which tells the untold story of the secret U.S. effort to reach peace between Israel and Syria. Thanks for joining us today, Fred. Adam, it's a great pleasure to be with you, and I look forward to your questions. In the last chapter of your book, you write that at the beginning of March 2011, the foundation for Israel-Syria peace had been set. By the end of the month, it would be cratered. Can you tell us what that foundation looked like and how you got there, and how the events of the Arab Spring uh, scuttled those efforts? Uh, sure, Adam. I'll uh, I'll do my best to uh, to describe that. Uh, by the by, the fall of 2010, I had uh, I had reached agreement with the Israelis and Syrians on a methodology for moving this mediation forward. Uh, that methodology would involve a uh, a draft treaty of peace, uh, something drafted by me, uh, a document that I owned, uh, a, a non paper, if you will something that I would shuttle back and forth, back and forth between Damascus and Jerusalem. And this methodology was, was working. Blanks were being filled in on this piece of paper. We were moving in the direction of a mutually agreed treaty of peace. There were still details to be worked out. There was still one unresolved territorial issue uh, that needed to be uh, needed to be worked out. At one point, though, Prime Minister Netanyahu asked me, uh, he said, Fred, will you be able to have a very frank one-on-one discussion with Bashar al-Assad? I want to make sure that he is fully aware, that Assad is fully aware of what Syria must do if it's going to get its territory uh, returned. Uh, Syria must uh, reorient itself strategically entirely. It must, it must break military relations with Iran, with Hezbollah, with Hamas, et cetera, et cetera. That resulted in a, in a one-on-one meeting with Assad, uh, in which the Syrian president very explicitly accepted in considerable detail all of the, uh, all of the requirements uh, that would be placed on Syria. Uh, in order to implement a treaty of peace. Uh, From Damascus, I went to Jerusalem to uh, brief Prime Minister Netanyahu. That briefing went well. At the end, he said, Fred, this is very serious. What's next? And we began to speak about proximity negotiations uh, in an Eastern European country, probably uh, the Czech Czech Republic. Within two weeks, though, things began to unravel as uh, as Syrian forces uh, opened fire on peaceful demonstrators who were protesting uh, police brutality, and things went downhill from there in Syria. and 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 that's uh, that's what I refer to as a process that was, uh, you know, on the one hand, very promising, 
but uh, certainly by the uh, by the end of April uh, uh, 2011 was uh, was entirely cratered. You know, along this lines about the conversation about Assad, uh, you know, there was a lot of perception that he would be a, a modernizer for Syria, that he could help bring the country out of its isolation and integrate it into the international community. Uh, what do you think that U.S. officials who had this perception got wrong about Assad? And, and how did this perception impact your efforts, if at all? There was, uh, at the time, there was a lot of discussion, particularly in academic circles among Syria specialists, on the question of whether, whether Assad was a reformer or not, whether he, whether he intended eventually uh, to make some fundamental changes uh, to Syrian politics, uh, to the way the government uh, operated. Uh, there was no doubt that Assad was a modernizer in the sense of implanting in Syria something that looked like a modern banking system, uh, for example. Uh, but there was, a, there was a, a bit of a debate, particularly in academia and in journalistic circles, about whether he was a modernizer. Eventually, this, this debate would, would have, I think, a, a major impact on, uh, on my efforts to save the mediation. Uh, in late March of uh, 2011, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton appeared on one of the Sunday talk shows and uh, when asked about the violence in Syria was, uh, you know, responded to the effect of, well, uh, you, you know, it's possible this could be, this could be turned around. Uh, there are those who consider uh, President Bashar al-Assad to be a reformer. Uh, she came under immediate attack uh, from Republican circles, mainly in the Congress, uh, people who mischaracterized uh, her comments as, uh, as, as having endorsed the idea that Assad was a reformer. And, and, I, and I think her experience, I think, the, I think the, the firestorm that was kicked up over her comments was probably one of the things that persuaded President Obama who was already beginning to think about the 2012 re-election campaign, not to reach out to Assad, to try to stop the violence and save the mediation. Uh, I'm told by, uh, by people who say they, they had access to uh, decision-making in the White House during that time, uh, that the president and his, uh, and his advisors were afraid uh, that if, uh, if, such a, if such a connection, if such a phone call were leaked, uh, the president would uh, would be on the receiving end of the same kind of criticism that was being directed at Secretary of State uh, Clinton, and and he really he really wanted to avoid any negative domestic political implications stemming from outreach to Assad. So I think you know I think the word the word reformer and 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 people who used it. And, and the way that the way the debate was characterized politically uh, probably had a very, a very negative, uh, negative impact on my uh, on my efforts to uh, to keep this mediation alive. In your book, you go into great detail about the diplomatic efforts you undertook with Syrian and Israeli leaders, including a face to face meeting with Assad himself uh, as President Biden heads to the region this week. What are the big lessons you'd like to impart on U.S. diplomats looking to forge peace in the Middle East? 
You know, I, I, I don't I don't think I would be so uh, presumptuous, Adam, as to uh, as to prescribe uh, huge lessons learned uh, uh, to be used by the uh, by the president of the United States when he visits uh, when he visits the region. I think what President Biden is is trying to do is, at the very least, symbolically uh, very important. It's become it's become almost an article of faith in the region. Uh, among among Israelis, among Arabs, uh, Iranians, Turks, uh, you name it, an article of faith uh, that the United States is uh, looking for ways to liquidate its presence in the Middle East totally. This impression uh, can have very, very bad effects in terms of uh, regional peace and stability. And, and I think, I think, I think, Going there, I think doing it, uh, which is something that you know President Biden is probably not looking forward to. I think he, uh, I think he would equate a visit uh, uh, at this time to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia with uh, with extensive dental surgery. Uh, but but it, but it's his job. He has to do it. He has to he has to counter this impression which is now uh, several administrations old, uh, that the United States uh, intends to uh, jettison its, uh, its position in the, uh, in, in the region. And uh, I, think if he, uh, I think if he keeps that, uh, if he keeps that in mind, if he keeps that at the center of his focus, of his, of his message, uh, the, visit, the visit will be successful. Even even if uh, even if some specifics, you know, having to do with uh, with Saudi oil production and and, and so forth, don't uh, don't work out necessarily one hundred percent to the president's liking. Fred, I want to thank you so much for your insights. Uh, I really encourage our audience to check out the book. You can find the book on USIP.org, as well as more about uh, President Biden's trip to the Middle East. Adam, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be with you. And uh, thank you for your questions, which are uh, challenging as always. Thanks, Fred. Thank you for listening to this episode of Event Extra. If you'd like to listen to more one-on-one interviews or explore our other podcast, visit usip.org forward slash podcast.